Good evening, everybody. My name is Max Cohen. It's 6 o'clock p.m. on the dot Eastern Standard Time. This is the Mocha Live podcast. I'm joined this week, as I am every week, by Mr. Colborn Bell, the founder of the Museum of Crypto Art. Colborn, what's up? Oh, all good. It's great to be back. Uh, it's great to have you back. We talked just a couple days ago, it seems like, about NFT NYC while it was happening. Talked about what it was like being on the ground, some of the things we noticed, and just like that, it's over. It's you know a week in the rearview mirror, and uh, I think everyone, or most everyone, is kind of returning home from uh, New York. Colborn, you're back in Kingston, um, and one of the things I wanted to talk about this week, or maybe the main thing I wanted to talk about this week, was something that went on in Kingston, New York, where the Mocha Church is. Um, so can you give me an overview of what happened this week or this weekend rather? Yeah, you know, we were trying to keep it a little bit low key underground as space was limited. Uh, and we had, you know, sponsored by Avalanche, a big, beautiful upstate New York retreat. Um, stopping by, you know, the Mocha Church the first time I've invited like this community in mass into my home for an incredible dinner that was uh, organized uh, by, I guess, the gallery of crypto art team mm -hmm. and some some chefs, buddies of mine here. Uh, so, what was it like having so many people you know, in your <laughs> in your in your place of uh, your place of dwelling? It was it was just incredible. Come on, it was incredible. It took me like days and days and days to get like clean. I wanted it like so clean, so nice, like you know and there's so much build up to the event because you go back and forth there's a lot of numbers you don't know if people are going to be coming it's the last day of nft nyc like you know everybody's going to be run down ragged are people really going to like hop on a bus and and come two hours upstate and it just went off it was so fun it was so nice to just like sit there be with people go deep for three hours like have those connections uh, and like people that I had only met before him passing, I was finally able to have like the conversations that I, I wanted to have with them. So before we go any further, cause I, I want to ask you more questions about this, but I need something to like refer to it by, um, I've seen camp mocha. I've seen the mocha <laughs> retreat. What do you think is the best, like parlance to use you know like that you know like that first dinner from harry potter where they're at like you know it's like so magical and there's like candlesticks flying we can call it mocha warts uh, i don't like that, <laughs> that, was a, that was coming up after joke. the break we'll tell you which member of the mocha team already has that nickname uh okay i'm gonna call it the know. mocha I'm going to call it the Mocha Retreat. Um, what about Party Mocha and, you know, yeah, or uh, Die With The Most Likes shirt? Yeah, Party Mocha sounds great. Was Die With The Most Likes there? Yeah, he came by, he gave me this cool shirt that says I died by AEA at Party City in 2012, and this is the afterlife. <laughs> he also gave me a cool book. Shout out, Die. I uh, I like him. I've listened to his podcast. He's an interesting guy. Does he he's, talk like that in real life when dude, he's not he's like... he's so funny. He's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So like what happened was, is there was like this 50 passenger bus that was coming up and it was supposed to take like two hours. It took like three and a half hours. The guy like stopped a mile from my house and refused to come any further. So like he calls me, he's like, man, like this guy just, just walked away. Like you got to come and get us. <laughs> we're like stranded out here. Yeah. So then we were like riding, riding, he was riding co-pilot with me in like the 12 person sprinter van. 
an auspicious start to the weekend, but I, I am curious what your impetus for putting something together like this party mocha was, because I know that, you know, at last NFT NYC last June, we did a big thing within the city. Um, and that was really, really special, right? Uh, at yeah, least for me. Incredible. And that was my, yeah, it was incredible. It was my first conference. It was really thoughtfully like decorated a lot of people there um, in a really beautiful space. So I'm curious why you felt it was necessary to kind of bring everyone out of NFT NYC. I just wanted to see if I could do it for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's why we do anything just to like push ourselves, challenge ourselves. And, and I want it to be that space. So I want people to know that it's there for them to use whenever they want. And it's about like intimacy and closeness and like seeing who's left and seeing who's willing to go the extra mile. You know, it's pretty easy to get like cross town in a taxi, but it's not mm -hmm. so easy to get two hours upstate. And it means a lot to me. And I think it means a lot to people to like have that dedicated time to, to like be together. I know like fantastic conversations happen on that bus. I know fantastic conversations happen at that dinner. And then like from there, you know, we, we had a whole hotel to ourselves. So we just kept this cool. I think this goes, uh, this makes sense to me in the vein of what we were talking about last week, where all these connections are made, right? All these friendships exist. All these relationships are at least started there's a foundation for them i agree with you that nft nyc is not the best place i think for a lot of these relationships to be furthered because it's so everyone's so on the move right yeah. uh, have you ever you've lived in well, new york here's, city haven't you yeah i lived nine years in new york but here's like i think i think matthew rizzle uh like okay so matthew nifty time was here and rizzle's <laughs> doing this weekend like rizzle fest and i think it must be the same feeling right <laughs> like we don't need to be in New York City, right? We don't need like the validation, the big lights, the big party, you know, that was always like very anti to the ethos, right? Mm -hmm. We can be outside of it. Like we can all be strong together outside of it. And I think that was part of the motivation as well. Like there's something more authentic, less like money chasing energy. New York, New York has just always been that city, right? Yeah. It's also so like frenetic, right? Like, I, I mean, whether you live here, or even if you have ever visited here, right, you start to feel that like hairy nature of just being here with all the movement, all the people, right? So no yeah. wonder you're kind of like mentally all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I would be down in Rizzlefest right now if I hadn't done this thing, right? Because it means so much to go and it means so much to see who is going, right? Mm -hmm. And And that's where it really does happen. It happens like, way out we know we know this from having been in it that the magic happens like outside the confines of normality yeah well i feel like that's a pretty good advertisement for crypto art in general yeah yeah the magic happens outside the boundaries of normality yeah so it, it was a desire to return to that it was like a desire to return to like close personal connection it's a desire to like return people into homes like your like my home you know it's my home you know there was a, a really cool persian guy there who was like this is like what it's all about this is like what the culture is all about this is what the family is all about like you invite people into your homes you make them feel welcome like you have a homemade cooked meal like downstairs prepared for 70 people and and you just watch what happens and it's every single time that wins that wins yeah so, I mean, with a few days of distance between, you know, NFT NYC and, and, and now from this past weekend as well. Um, and I know you were only in NFT NYC for like half a day this year, 
but you know, you've obviously been around in the past um, and been to a lot of these conferences as we've spoken about, you know, time and again, but like, what were some of the things you noticed from this past weekend kind of having every, all these people away from the lights, like you said, and in this kind of homey environment that may not be possible or may not have been possible. Well, people just like, like, yeah, they let down their guard really quick. Like once they get a breath of fresh air, once they know that like, this is all good people. And this mm-hmm. is like hand-picked people that we all brought together because they're good people. Mm-hmm. Like they just become so much more themselves. And it was fun, you know, like it was really, really fun uh, to watch like the whole thing come alive. It was right on the first days of spring. The weather was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like we went hiking to the second largest waterfall in New York. Uh, yeah. And it was just a total reversal of the energy right in new york it always feels like you constantly have to fake something right or you're constantly selling something but suddenly everybody got to like step out of that paradigm into something new where they could be more truly themselves that's wonderful i mean it sounds almost like bucolic but i i, I don't deny it i i rather i don't think that it's like a hype an exaggeration at all just because i know how fervently everyone is kind of wanting this in the first place um yeah I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, what were you going to say? Well, I mean, you know, and then like from even here, like we took people deeper, like into the mountains to like a small little ski town where there's nothing. And just like being on the whole property together in these little like A-frame cabins, I really didn't know what to to expect. I really had no expectations, but it was just mm-hmm. like natural. I, I, you know, I would... I, I I was joking the entire time that I would never do it again, but here I am on the other side. I'm like, I would absolutely do it again. Let's do it bigger. Like, you know, just like crazy, crazy. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I mean, do you feel like you learned anything new that you hadn't anticipated about like what this moment in crypto art is like, um, or was it more like confirmations of things you had an inkling about? I don't know. You know, you learn things when you do stuff like this, you learn things about yourself. Mm. right to i mean i know it's alive and well i know there's incredible artists here i know there's brilliant people here you know how that equates to like financial value and and capital is uh is i don't know you know i think capital eventually finds talent yeah i agree and i think talent also seeks itself out yeah it's like it's the what you see on on twitter all the time about you know the, the builders staying right and this kind of like umbrella term of builders just meaning people who are innovating and whatever you know sphere that they work in i think that that energy is really sought after and uh, and you can tell when you go into a room like and one of the things that i've i've thought about a lot in the with some distance from nft nyc was just the energy that you can tell you're receiving when you walk into a room based on like who you see first a couple of people who are there i don't know like i, I went to um i met judy mam of data for the first time uh who's just the most lovely person and and her energy and being in a room with like martin lucas osikowski and 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 julian brangold and right and like having these people on all sides and and uh an operator i met operator and it's just it's incredible um when you walk into certain spaces you can feel that kind of like safety and that uh, i don't even know what you would call it the um impetus to innovation or like it's a safe space for innovation but not just innovation in a careerist sense but in almost like a an emotional or a personal sense does that make sense totally Totally. I, I sat next to Judy at, at the dinner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's always a pleasure. That's like the coolest thing in the world. You know, we had this like uh, we had a French documentary crew 
<laughs> there as well. And they were, they were freaking out. They couldn't like believe it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was cool. So with, um, with some distance from all of this, right. With a couple of days from this weekend with, you know, a week and a half or so from NFT NYC. Uh, and, and now I'm, as I'm sure you are seeing all these recaps of the various events that I didn't attend. Um, but I'm, I'm struck by how uninterested so many people seem to be myself included in like interacting with the larger landscape, right? Everyone seems to be pretty happy within their own circles, right? Um, whether that's like artists hanging out with artists or influencers hanging out with influencers or, you know, all these people coming to the church last weekend, um, like meeting up with people close to them and going out of their way to meet people close to them who maybe they've never met in person. That seemed to be like the name of this game. And I think that I felt it in the fact that there were much smaller events and some of the events that I went to were things where like people were trickling in and out um, over the course of a couple of days, which strikes me a lot more like a healthy social ecosystem than something that's like this scattered array of disparate parts, almost like a summer camp um, in a sense, right? Everyone coming together for the, like, you know, you've heard of those like adult summer camps where like everybody gets together in the woods and they're like do activities and, you know, they form like little groups and, like some people are off boating in the lake. I, I, I'm going to end this analogy here, but um, it seems, I, I think it confirms what you had mentioned yet last week about there's this like refocusing of priorities back on the people, um, which I think is really beautiful and also necessary. I, I feel like ironically, we oftentimes forget about the people when we're talking about the art. Uh, it's like we separate the two. Do you find that as well? I do. You know, I do. It, it you know, it, <sighs> The thing went so far full circle from like deep community values, right? And getting everybody together on the same page and figuring out what that was, right? And that is how blockchain technology can like promote artistic sovereignty, um, you know? And then it went full like hyper-capitalist circle all the way around to like the individual as the artist and the brand, Right. And then once that lost like market appeal, you see like the bottom falling out of everything. And it's really, really interesting. And just with like the people that I was talking to, they don't know what to do. They're still creating, of course. They have no idea where to mint. They don't like trust anybody anymore. You look at like the reputations of the people in the marketplaces and like none of it really looks good in the rearview mirror. So everybody now is like coming together and figuring out like, what are we leaving behind and what are we doing next? Mm -hmm. Because clearly there's something special here and clearly people want to create and they want to do these things and they want to be involved in, in these circles. But like we collectively failed to make this like a valid, sustainable long-term art market. And I think that's because largely like we just behaved like children. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we took like all the Ponzi DeFi economics <laughs> of the space, like, because you, you look at it, it became a giant casino, right? You better get in, you better get out, like, and, and it's embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like not the way, you know, artists should be treating their work, right? Or encouraging that behavior. And it's just so interesting to think like of how many people fell into that trap. Do you not think we're falling back into it with, you know, the arrival of what may be called, quote unquote, like meme coin season again? Uh, I mean, this is like so inherently a part of crypto, yeah. right? That 
you know, maybe there's there's an art to it. There's it is a return to like I I always love the absurdity of it. Of course, right? Like the absurdity is pretty <laughs> funny. That like a you know. I'm just thinking about you saying that with the background that you have right now of <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the Twitter yeah. bird sodomizing. A, a, honestly, they seem like they're having a great time. <laughs> the bird and the man. Yeah, I forget. Well, you know, obviously this is that with the most likes. It's funny, dude. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just that, you know. It's, and so, like, you know, how uh, we have to look ourselves, like, really, frankly, in the mirror and find out, like, where where is the value? Um, and what is the fad? Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, like I'm I generally am. A, we were talking about this earlier. I'm generally of the opinion, like fade all fads. I, I don't, you know, no intrinsic value of any of this. So where mm-hmm. is the intrinsic value? Um, sure. Yeah. I have no answer to that question specifically. Yeah. I mean, clearly, clearly there is something about memetics that is like untapped, unfulfilled. We just saw, you know, like. SVB get uh, Silicon Valley Bank get crushed by mm. like you know distribution of information the way that things are spreading. Um, there is there is that like, was, I mean that was essentially a meme in all intents and purposes. I mean just not 100%. visualized. Yeah, a hundred percent right. So and that's what Pepe Coin is on the other side, mm-hmm. right? So in the same way that like value can be instantly destroyed memetically, it can be instantly created. And I think you know I think that is. I don't know if that's the world we want to live in or not, but it's a reality. Regardless, it's interesting to think about that in terms of relationships, because I I think what you're saying is true. You have a lot more history in this specific part of the crypto world, but, you know, I've been crypto adjacent or crypto knowledgeable for since like 2017, I think is when I bought my first Ethereum. And I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying about like the degeneracy and the gambling and like that's part of it, not necessarily. I think there's a bad way of going about it, right? I think it's a lot about intention and it's a lot about, you know, who you're getting one up on, you know, like who you're using as exit liquidity. But I don't right. think it's inherently bad, right? Like like the casino is bad to an extent, like an actual casino, but I don't I don't fault anyone for gambling. It's not like I, I understand the impetus, right? And I think that that does obviously lend itself to a certain chaos that happens every day, every week in the space, right? If it's going to be baked into the pudding, then you're going to taste it, right, at at times. And that makes me think about these relationships that you're forming, right? Just having a support system, right? And it's important in every aspect of life, but especially, uh, you know, when you're going through some kind of like tough emotional time, right? Whether you're grieving or I don't know, maybe you're getting married, but like where your emotions are, kind of on this roller coaster that's when it's the most important time to have a mm. support system and obviously this is slightly separate from that but it's almost that sensibility borne out to a like socio-cultural level if that, that i don't know if that makes any sense but when every day you're waking up i i tweeted about this yesterday like i woke up yesterday and i ended up buying a hackatow piece um and yeah. that's, i and that's you know they're one of my favorite artist, right? That was a big deal for me. You know, when I first came into the space, when I was first going through the Genesis collection essays, like that was one of the pieces that really stuck out to me. And it's a really nice one of theirs. Yeah, it's beautiful. And and it's really, yeah. and it, it's obviously a low key experience in terms of like the emotional um, like resonance and the emotions that came out of it. But it still, I think, demonstrates the point that the reason why we say every day is a year in crypto or every week is a year in crypto is because so much happens so quickly. Right. And you're suddenly on these different ships and you're on these different journeys just day by day based on information that becomes available that you didn't know would be available an hour before. 
All of which is to say that the quality of the relationships that we make is so important and that it seems every day are more important and that people are prioritizing those relationships. Um, and I've been talking to a lot of collectors for this essay that I have coming up about collecting. Mm. And I've been like strangely comforted by the amount of them that without a beat are telling me that the reason that they love collecting is because of the personal relationships they can make with the artists um, mm. and wanting to support people they like just as people and people who they think are good people. And I'm curious, have you had that experience where you're buying artwork uh, just because you like the person, you want to support the person. I mean, I imagine that resonates with oh, you. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Like, I, I, there's there's two ways to fall in love in this space, right? You either fall in love with the art, or you fall in love with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, that's the same person. Yeah. Um, right. So it's. Uh, I, and and I will say it's never been about like the the JPEG that's attached to the token, right? Mm-hmm. It is about some like energy conference, some sort of transfer, some sort of like I see you, I recognize you. Like if this like these things are mutually validating in this way, right? It's mm-hmm. just it's it's something that is so much more than a like. There is something about like perceived ownership and perceived alignment and it just means so much more i think to collector and creator yeah and and especially the speed with which those relationships can then be formed right somebody right. was saying to me that you know you go to a traditional gallery and you don't have a you can't jump in the twitter dms of the artist right whether you yeah. buy the piece or not you are not opening a channel of communication with the artist and in fact the gallerist may get in the way of that happening right? Let let alone being able to ask an artist about their process and about their intention. Um, Like when Sarah Zucker released Temporals a couple weeks ago. And those were beautiful. If Sarah's listening, those were super beautiful. I wanted to tell her. Yeah. On on record. I really liked those. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, um, I, I was lucky enough to, for her to send me like this dossier on her, her process. And it's really meaningful when even just that, right. Just a, a, a view into somebody's head. You know, and a lot of these artists who I've been able to interview and and form com, um, con, real connections with, like you just get a view into someone's head, and, and it it does open things up, and then you do want to support them because they very quickly become your friends, especially um, within this chaotic space, right? Any port in a storm, but you know, extrapolate it out to the people level, um, and it sounds like that's uh, what, what you had a lot of this past weekend as well. Look, that was that was the meaning we were all looking for. Right. And it was kind of like three different groups who coordinated the guest list. So there was just a lot of cross pollination. I think that's a beautiful way to do events. It wasn't all of the same people. It was like uh, it was pretty intentional about inviting different groups of people and people that like, you know, having a couple close friends and maybe some not so close friends and people you don't know at all. And um, being able to find like different levels with each of those. to to describe the magic is impossible you know you just got to be there and i would just encourage everybody as they're thinking about like you know what do they say you can only like have 100 150 close friends i think it's like three (laughs) well (laughs) yeah i mean you can know yeah yeah i don't know you know it's um there's something going on here sure that's that's cool i think it's important that other people like i really like the idea of having a gathering out in kingston new york which 
I think a lot of people would, it's just out of the be off the beaten path. Right. I think, you know, yeah. if you, if you build it, they will come. I think that's kind of the mentality that we're in, right. If people are opening their, their lives at this stage um, and are really thoughtful about putting things together, I think it's borne out that like this community will travel um, and they'll travel to like be amongst and each other. That's best people in the world. I'm telling you. Um, I do want to jump to just a slightly different topic, just because it's a bit more topical, um, which is Async Arts um, Final Supper, right? That's the same Final Supper, um, yeah. which is, as far as I know, the first mm. like dynamic NFT or their first attempt at a dynamic NFT. Uh, I'm just curious your take on that, because that launched yesterday. Um, there's a lot of like big OG names on it. Uh, Forever Supper. Forever Supper, not Final Supper. Forever Supper. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I knew something was a bit off. <laughs> I claimed a table. I did too. I just think it's such a it's an interesting idea. I, I think it's um I, I'm on the record saying I, I'm I'm curious about the reasons why people collect art. And I think there's an interesting idea to being able to create art using other people's art in real time and then being able to share that art. It reminds me almost of a MySpace page. Um Yeah. You know, I think that there's one thing to be said for like this kind of gallerist approach that I think we're doing with rooms. And I think we did with like the multi-pass where part of your expression is all the sum total of the pieces you collect. But I think there's something else to be said for being able to express yourself in one like small locale, right? With the artists you like or, you know, certain aesthetics or anything. Um, So I I just think it's really interesting Um, just as like an aesthetic exercise and as something new. I love new. Give me new. Yeah, yeah new all day. Um, I, Async always has been so far, like Wakonlin, Lisa, the, the vision, the execution, they've been so far just ahead. And this is cool. This is like, it, ha- it was cool three years ago, you yeah. know, when they launched, <laughs> when they launched the first one. And it's like even cooler now. And I hope like again, when we, when you like, when everybody sits down and slows down and starts to think about like reputation and action intention of that last cycle, like that team walks away with like an A plus grade. Absolutely. Um, and I'm like so glad and happy that they're here continuing to do big things and like promoting this because nobody else has even like remotely attempted to do this type of art. And I think it's just like, so fascinating it's just so fascinating it's like that conversation we were having about irl conferences and how hard it is to put something like that together just in terms of the coordination and this stinks of the same scent right it's like it's just getting all these artists together plus the tech side plus getting it all to work it's so i mean i only played around with it for a bit but it's like totally user-friendly and like all of that it's just just reeks of like intention and uh dude i don't have enough nice things to say about the async team yeah i mean i remember um i i minted an async blueprint it was mr richie's async blueprint i don't remember the name of the project but it was the dollar bills yeah the dollar Uh, bills yeah so cool so cool and and i remember the feeling of watching each trait generate in real time and you can watch it populate on the canvas i was like just little things like that right like i i love art where you know there's like just nuances everything feels fleshed out and yeah, so just on, on my part, and I guess on yours too, just big shout out to Async Art. Um, even like going through the Genesis collection, seeing like, um, who is it? Like a day of soft construction by Menards, right? Which is like 24 <laughs> different piece. states and, you know, every hour it updates. And it's like, who else is, 
is doing that. Yeah. Like you're like loading these artworks with different artworks changes. Like yeah. it's just all, all sorts of things that are kind of peerless. Yeah. People, people should go back and, and look at that. I haven't, no. Yeah. So we're going to call this episode like escape from NFT NYC. And then in parentheses, like we fucking love amazing art. Amazing love fest. Well, Colborn, I have uh, I have nothing else on the docket today. Anything else you wanted to bring up? Oh, there's like a million things. Do you want? What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Pepe? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about Pepe. On it. You you got to tell me about it though, because I'm kind of out of the meme coin bubble. I don't know anything other than like Earth Sample came, you know, like like fire into my house, raving about this thing. <laughs> Earth you Sample know? is so the I king don't... of meme shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just don't know how these things like start and spread like this. And then I get like all these messages from artists, like, how do I, uh, you know, like sell my artwork in Pepe? I'm like, guys, like chill out. Like this is, this is not for me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I, you're, you're what, like 33 or 34? Four. 34. I'm 27. I think we fall into an age group where we are not old enough to have it all together, but definitely not young enough to fucking get what the kids get um because yeah fucking kids Bro, like, 27 27 is that age it is not that age at least it hasn't <laughs> affected me yet but like i don't know what the fuck is going on with these meme things it's like like I, like you said like earth sample is a great example it's got his finger on pulses that i didn't even know existed there's all these pulses that i didn't know existed i am and everything too late yeah i tell everybody i mean this is just a kid's game like i'm, I'm way out of this like i'm not i'm not gonna be grinding in chats like that yeah, I'm not grinding in chats, but I do spend all my time on Twitter. I feel like I should know about this stuff. No, Twitter, but Twitter, unfortunately, is the last place you hear about it, right? Because by the time it makes it to Twitter, that's like when it, you know? Well, listen, I've been on Twitter for like 10 years, and this is the first time I'm hearing that it's the last place to hear about it. So that's the timeline <laughs> that I'm on. Yeah, yeah. You know, shout out, shout out Aaron Bees, who used to be all my alpha. Aaron Bees, pseudo mods, great project. Miss Aaron Bees. Pseudo mods, yeah. So I think she had, she just had a sale at Christie's or something. So. Good for her. Legend. Yeah. Um, well, our homework is to come back and learn all about Pepe's. And then next week, we'll be able to give you the, uh, the lowdown on all the markets moving and all the dynamics. Yeah. We'll give you the alpha, we'll give you the insider trading. You'll get rich. I mean, who was, who else was on fire this weekend? Uno was big on fire this weekend. Aaron Huey was yeah, but was Una's a performance fire. artist. So when you say Una's on fire this weekend, I'm like, did she light herself on fire? Like, is that <laughs> part of the performance? There was there was not a public milking, at least not at the church, not, not at the church. Uh, who else? It was cool to see Robness, Sats Moon, uh, Patrick Amadon. I'm gonna forget everybody, so I better not do this. Andre O'Shea was there. Mm. It was dope hanging out with Latasha. Hell yeah. Um, yeah uh all like the super chief team the avalanche team was amazing uh they brought some cool artists and builders and everyone was asking where's cohen the writer where was cohen how'd the wedding go it was great it was a beautiful wedding i had a college friend's wedding so i couldn't uh, attend the uh majestic gathering at the church but shout out to keith and abby there's no way they listen to this um (laughs) but boy was it a fantastic occasion (laughs) um we should gorgeous. just like we should you know what we got to do we got to talk about whatever we want and then we got to like in the last three four minutes just name drop like a hundred people boom tag them and make them listen both. yeah my problem has been that i always talk about the celtics <laughs> at the end as if anyone of the celtics is going to listen to this 
I, there's like two people that I know who are Celtics fans. Although it seems that both Art Gnome and Judy Mam are Celtics fans, or at least Celtics uh, agnostic. Which um, that's interesting. Yeah, Art Gnome I, that tracks. That's a heavy, heavy hitter trio of three. Um, yeah. If, if I might, I don't be know. So I don't know why. Possibly Judy could possibly be a Celtics fan, but because she's maybe got some, she fucking gets it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> she's living on that dot dot timeline. Yep. Uh, well, Colborn, I think uh, unless you have some names to drop, let's uh, skedaddle. All right, bro. I guess I feel bad we couldn't fill the time. You couldn't what? We couldn't fill the time. Bro, we filled great time. It's 34 minutes. Nobody's listening to this for 45 minutes anyway. And I'm going to leave that in. Yeah, yeah, you should leave that in. If you've made it this far, it's all garbage content. <laughs> if you've made it this far, we really appreciate it. Uh, we have a handful what about, of viewers. What happened to, what about what happened to poor Franklin? Who's Franklin? Oh, Franklin was like the Bored Apes trader. Oh, no. What happened and to like Franklin? Trader. I don't know, dude. Franklin got wrecked and then bullied out of the space. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It's, a, it's not funny, but it's, a, it's <laughs> shocking how often that happens. Yeah, it is kind of piranhas yeah. here, man. Like, people are This vicious. is why, like, this is why you don't do it, you know, with your public face. Yep. Just collect art and people will not want yeah. to bully you out of the space. Well, maybe they will. Yeah. I don't know, you know, don't don't collect the wrong art. I mean, I guess like the crypto art world collectively bullied Sotheby's into canceling an exhibition. Yeah, well, that was kind of deserved, dude. That was deserved. Well, I don't know what Franklin did, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was deserved or not. <laughs> Franklin, if you're listening to this, we want to have you on whoever you are. <laughs> or we'll call it the final supper episode. <laughs> yeah, the last guests to this podcast are just us two, my mom, Franklin. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Dude, oh my gosh. All right. Well, All right. let's chill. I'm, I'm down to get out of here. Okay, great. We will uh, be back next week. Um, normal time, I think. Wednesday, 5 p.m. Um, yeah. EST cool. uh, with some more insights, and, and we'll be able to fill the time rather than just filling you with dead air and talks of uh, Franklin, who, you know. We'll see if there's any updates to the Franklin saga. Franklin, Pepe's, we're coming at you next week with PFPs and with market advice. That's it. Yeah, all alpha all the time. All alpha all the time. Well, Coburn, a pleasure as always. Thanks for being here. And um, we'll talk again real soon. Thanks, Max. Bye, everybody. Bye.